Amen. <laughs> Let me, as always, look into the camera and say hello to all our friends and family watching from all around the world. It's such an honor always to come into your home. We pray that God will bless you and meet you right where you are, that you will experience His warmth and His grace as well. Amen. So um, always great that you are joining us and uh, also for the radio station that's started to join us. We want to say a special welcome and uh, such an honor to come into your home and also for you to join us. And we pray that you will honestly be blessed by this service. Amen. And also before we start, let me remind you not to miss this coming Wednesday, Holy Spirit Fire Service. Yay! Woo! Amen. I'm excited. Even if I'm going to be the only one here, but it's going to be great. So um, don't miss it. If you need a touch from God, if you need God just to intervene, maybe you just need a middle of the month pickup. That's why we do it only once a month. You're going to be blessed. And last time we had such a great time and God just moved mightily. Um, you know, I think some of you still living off the residue of that service because that's what God does. Amen. Man, one touch from God will change your life forever. So really looking forward not to be the only one here on Wednesday evening. Me and <laughs> you, bro. Amen. So uh, please join us. And uh, it's going to be great. And then next week is Father's Day. Woo. All the dads in the home said, hoo Amen. So bring your dads. Bring your friends, bring your family. We have got a special gift for, for all the men in the house. And you know it's got something to do with meat. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, I'm so glad. Okay. And, um, and then also, uh, I want to take a moment and just speak to our online viewers. Um, if the service is beneficial for you in any way and it blesses you, please consider partnering with us to keep this on the air. And it's, you know, just be a blessing. Amen. We want to be a blessing to you as well. Now this morning, it is my privilege and my honor just to quickly explain something to you. All the pastors that share the pulpit with me and Pastor Gerda are ordained ministers and Bible school graduates. Amen. It's very important to us. And um, Pastor Mpo is going to bring the word this morning. And I just want to say that he's been actively involved in ministry since 2009. Just to give you his CV, just to make him sound extra spiritual before he gets onto the pulpit. You know, that's why we play the piano. You know, so, so him and his family, they've been um, active members in our church since 2019. It sounds like yesterday. Huh? When I say 2019, you can't believe it's been several years. Oh, yes, but we missed two years. Okay, so um, he serves on our elder and our finance team. He's also a member of our youth team to all our young people. We're going to be in touch with you very soon. We've got some exciting developments there as well. And um, so Pastor Mpo is in, in, in his free time when he doesn't just work on Sundays like most pastors. Uh, he's a project manager with the National Business Initiative, and he spent the last 14 years in public service in senior management. So we are so honored to have somebody of your stature be here and be part of our team. It is really such an honor. I said to him when we had a meeting in this week, I said to him, listen, um, what, what really speaks to my heart is his character. You can see that he lives what he preaches 
You know what, what really blesses my heart is every single Sunday, you will see him run around, he's carrying tables, he's putting coffee out, he's helping with ushering. You know, it is not just to stand here and take shine. His character speaks volumes and that's why I believe his messages carries weight. Amen. So we are so blessed. Let's give a hand to Pastor Mpo as he comes and he preaches for us. Thank you, my friend. Doesn't have a tablet. He's got a full laptop. Now you know. Oh, sorry. Just for control. Oh, just for control. Show off. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Norman. Good morning, church. What an introduction. So, yeah. <laughs> Where do I start after that? <laughs> but anyway, it's a privilege to always share the word of God with you. And this morning, I just want to take you through and have a conversation and teach on living good right now. Living good right now. So most of the time, we, you know, we've come so familiar with the word of God. And we, we actually, as Pastor Norman was saying, we think God is angry with us. We think God doesn't appreciate us simply because things are taking too long to come through in our lives, you know. But how many of us are familiar with um, these? Do, do, do we have them? You see, you see, the cynical ones laugh. <laughs> right? It's always the question, what would Jesus do? You know, we, 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 we always look at them and we come from a generation where they used to carry meaning. But these days we're like, ha, 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 we know you knew, we know you knew, you know. So we're looking at these and basically start saying, um, you know, the person who's wearing them, we can actually identify where they stand and where they are and how long they've been in the journey that we're taking. So if you decide to take them and you're 20 years in the journey, we look at you and like, hmm, you're still asking what would Jesus do? You know, so we look at you with that cynical approach to it, isn't it? So it's because, and we do the same with the word of God. We do the same with the word of God. Because most of us have come, become so familiar with the word of God that we actually want the word of God to relate to our circumstance. We want to take the word of God and make it relate to us at our human levels. So the word must become more like me. The word must be familiar to me. The word must fit my environment and my circumstance. That's what we've done with the word of God. We've come, we've come so sophisticated that, you know, instead of just taking the word and apply it in our circumstances and believe the word for what it is, we actually convert the word and we want it to fit our circumstances. And that's where the downfall is. And that's why most of us, when we see these bracelets or when we see the word of God, we are looking at it from a position of entitlement and a position of. Some of us, we are looking at it from a position of hurt because we were once hurt by the church. Some of us are looking at it from a position of pain because we once trusted someone or even trusted God and believed God for something and it didn't happen and therefore we are feeling hurt because we think God did not respond to what we want. So we become this familiar and cannot see, not even live out the authority that has been given to you and I. 
that's been given to us by the word. Simply because we have become too sophisticated for the word. So that means we have taken ourselves and placed ourselves above the word. We have looked at our lives and we think our lives are better than what God can actually do for us or has done for us. So we look at our, at our everyday lives and we think that we are better than what is in the word. That's why we keep arguing about what God said, what Paul said, what is, it, what is the truth, what is my truth, what is your truth. All that is because we become too sophisticated and elevated ourselves above the simplicity of the gospel. So today I just want us to talk about the basics, the simplicity of the gospel. So that we, you know, you know sometimes we've become familiar with reading certain words in the Bible, certain verses, certain chapters, that they don't mean anything to us anymore because we've been reading them over and over and over and over. And that's what we've done. The same with the bracelets. We've been seeing them evolve generation by generation. We've become used to them and we've become cynical towards them. Why? Because we think we've matured to a level where they mean nothing to us. The same with the word. That's what we have done. Sorry to hurt you that much, but the, the, in my opening, but the, the, the scripture that we are reading today, or the main scripture for our, our, our topic today, is from Isaiah 46, verse 13. Like I said, the, the, the gospel is very simple. The Bible is very simple. The Lord says through Isaiah, he says, I am ready to set things right, not in the distant future, but right now. For I am ready to save Jerusalem and to show my glory to Israel. He says, I am ready, not in a distant future, but now, to save whatever circumstance you're struggling with now and to show himself in your life now. Not in a distant future. But most of the time when we read this text, we're thinking he's talking to Israel, he's talking to Jerusalem. No, he's already done it. He was telling them that he's going to save them. But we are coming from a dispensation where we are already in the grace of God. So he's already fulfilled it. So we need to know the Lord is saying right now. That's why we need to live good right now. Because he's saying he's ready to do it right now. So that means right now he's already in the process of doing what? Ensuring that your life continues to be good. Because he did that when he nailed his own son on the cross. Amen? So that's what he's done. So he's saying to us, not in the distant future. So if you're thinking that God is going to do good things for you way in your future after you fixed or sorted yourself or done certain things, no, he's already doing it now. Now, now. Amen? So that's what we must know. God is the God of now. So when he speaks something, it begins to move immediately when he says it. Amen? So we don't have to wait. We don't have to look for a particular period that is far away from where we are because he says he starts now. And he was telling the children of Israel that because of your stubbornness, they were stubborn, they had fallen, they had um, gone against God, and God was saying, but you are my children. I chose you. You are my people. And guess what? Now I am doing things. Now I'm beginning to turn things around. Now I'm healing you. Now I'm breaking through for you. Now I'm fixing your circumstance. And it's the same with us today. He's saying now he's working things out in our lives. 
in our favor. Amen? So this week I had a chat with a friend of mine. Um, you know, and as we were chatting, um, let me just apologize to him. I did not tell you, so I hope you don't forgive me. I won't mention your name. But anyway, because <laughs> I know he's going to watch this message. So as we were chatting, he started telling me that, you know, he was losing hope or, 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 or feeling, feeling a bit of stressed out because he's been sowing seeds, but he doesn't see the fruit of the seed. And most of us, we find ourselves in that situation. You give when you say you must give. You sow when you say you must sow. You, 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 you put things, petitions to God. And when you don't see them happening, guess what? You feel like God is not hearing you. Amen? So when we were, when we were chatting, I then took him to two scriptures that I'm sharing with you today. The first scripture that, I'm to, uh, that I took him to that dropped in my spirit as we were having a conversation is Habakkuk 2, verse 3. It says, this vision from the message, this vision message is a witness pointing to what is coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And it does not lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on its way. It will come on the right that's God. He says, I'm doing it right now. As I'm doing it right now, if you feel like it's not happening, wait. Be patient. Because most of us, the enemy attacks us in the area of patience. He takes us on there. Why? Because we are very impatient. We want things to happen at our own time. But God says, it's coming. It's on its way. All you have to do is to what? Wait. It's coming. Tell the person next to you that it's coming. Wait. It's coming. If you're watching online, just type, wait, it's coming. Amen? Why? Because most of us, we are doing what? We are being impatient in things that are related to God. And God says, I've already done it for you. Amen? But you know what is the problem? The problem is, while we wait, we get challenged, and when we get the situation of life seems like it's going against us, we lose faith. And when we lose faith, we're not losing faith in us. We lose faith in God. Because we appear as if God is not faithful. But God is a faithful God. He says it's coming. It's on its way. So we must always watch against the temptation of being impatient. The temptation of doubt. And trust in the faithfulness. Of God. When he says it's on his way, it's on its way. So some of you might have been believing God for something. I just want to tell you, he says it's on its way. Amen? It's on its way. So he'll never disappoint you. He'll, because if you believe that they are coming, they are coming. The second scripture is in Galatians 6, 9 that I shared with him. And it says, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faith in acting nobly and doing right. For in due time, at the appointed season, we shall reap. In due time. In due time. At the appointed season, we shall reap. If we do not lose heart or relax our hold. Why? 
Because if we loosen and relax our hold, we are doing what? We are loosening and relaxing our courage and we faint, we give up. So we don't have to loose or relax our hold. Why? Because there's always due season. There's always due time. And the Lord says, don't give up, don't faint. So I shared that with him, you know. And that's where he was like, oh, yeah, by the way. You know? And I was like, dude, you know what? You're making me feel bad. Because now I have to ask myself, are you actually listening to me when I preach? <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, no. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it was not the right time for you. You know, now you're going to get it, you know? So it's something like that. But what is true is that there's always due time in a season that God is dealing with. So right now, it's your due time to reap and live a good life that God has purposed for each and every one of us. So don't give up. Don't lose courage. Hold on to the promise that God gave you. My encouragement to you is hold on. The time has come for you to reap. Amen? So in due season. Right? So now the question I, I, I think we should be asking ourselves is, how do we then step into this living good right now life? How do we step into that? By faith. By faith. And how do we know? Because the first thing that we must do when we step into it by faith is to forgive and forget and let go of our past. That's what traps us. Our past failures, our past experiences, our past misgivings, our past decisions that were bad and stuff, they are trapping us. So we must let go of those. Amen? We must let go. Because Isaiah 43 verse 18 is specific. He says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. But most of us cannot step into the life that God wants us to live, cannot step into the destiny that he has put for us. Why? Because we keep considering the things of old. We have a barrier that prevents us from moving there. So you cannot step into your good life by beating yourself up for what you have done in the past. You cannot. That's your first barrier. What you've done in the past, it's in the past. What is to pass is to go through something. So it's in your past. So don't go back to your past. Move forward to the promise that God said he is preparing for you. Amen? So you won't experience your new life, like I said, without faith. Why? Because God says, now I am setting things up for you. Right? If he says, now he's setting things up for you, you have to take that word, believe that word, and act out that word. That's faith. That's faith. You can't see it unless you move into that space. But most of the time, what do we do? We're thinking, God, doesn't, God would not do it for me because I did this. God is holding this thing against me. But he's saying, I'm already making something new for you. Right now. Right now. I want you to step into that life right now. So you need faith. Because God is not recounting what you did in the past. He's not going to do that. I know we have, we, 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 we have your, 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 your um, 
revelation story that is going, we're going to be sitting there and we'll be watching videos and he's going to play our lives. That's judgment. That's something different altogether. But today, now, he's not living in that particular position where he's playing a video and saying, keeps reminding himself before he blesses you. No. Amen? So you're not going to experience that. Why? Because you are in Christ. So right now, when he looks at you and he looks at me, he sees us through Christ. Not through what we did, but through the blood of Jesus. Because when Jesus died, his blood poured out. We, washed, we got washed by the blood and we are covered by the blood. Whenever he sees us, he sees the blood first. So he's not going to recount what we did in the past. So forget the former things. They are in your past. The second thing, a good life is prearranged for you now. Prearranged. So that means Jesus has already set things up for you. God has already set things up for you. You don't believe me. Let's go to the word. I always have evidence in the word. Amen. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified, it says, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined planned before us, for, uh, beforehand for us, taking parts with he, which he has prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life. He prearranged and made ready for us to live. So we already have a good life prepared ahead of us. All we have to do is to align ourselves with God and walk in that good life that is already prepared. Because it's already prearranged. It's predestined for us. So you and I, we are called to a good life. We are called to a good life. So what do we do? By faith, we step into the good life. And do we walk in the good life? Because without faith, it will be difficult for you to even believe me right now. That you've been called to a good life. Why? Because your brain is opening a past file on you. Amen? So we have a new path that has been laid out for us. We have a new path that we need to follow. It's prearranged. It's made ready. All we have to do is to step in it. The reason why we battle with sickness is because we don't believe that Jesus has already paid the price for our healing. Therefore, we can't step into our healing. The reason why we struggle with poverty is because we don't see ourselves as rich. Because it says he became poor so that we may become rich. So we can't see ourselves as rich. Why? One pastor was saying the reason why we cannot step into our rich position is because we've never been poor before. So if you've never been poor before, you don't understand and comprehend what the impact of poverty is so that you can appreciate the richness that you are stepping into and the wealth that you already have. Why? Because you are still in a position that looks like it's been like that for you all, all along. But Christ became poor so that you don't have to worry whether you will have sustenance in the next coming year, in the next coming week, in the next coming day, or in the next 10 years. Why? Because he's already prepared for you. There are promises written in the word that are already prepared for you and I. I want to live a prearranged life. Do you? Amen? I hope you do. 
Because this is where we get our health, our healing, our abundant blessings that the Lord has promised us. This is where we are able to get what the fruitfulness that God has proclaimed upon our lives so that we can become fruitful. We can bear fruit. Our children can live in the goodness that God has, has spoken to us they, so that all of us can step into a season where we walk in the freedom of being in Christ. And that freedom means nothing that was proclaimed as a curse is actually effective in your life. Because you've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen? That is the fruitfulness and the benefit of being or living a life that Christ has prearranged. And the second one is in Isaiah 46 verse 4. Because he says, even, at, even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. God says he is he who has made you. He is he who will sustain you. He is he who will protect you. It is he. Why? Because he has chosen you to himself. So God promises that he will sustain us. Day by day he will take care of our needs. Day by day in this life, he will provide for us. He will clothe us. He will strengthen us. He will heal us. He will empower us to do what he has purposed for us to do. That's his role, not your role. We struggle because we want to sustain ourselves. But he says he will do it. That's his. Amen? He says he will carry you. So whenever you feel like you're not moving towards a particular point or that you are not able to do certain things, just give up on yourself. Call on him and ask him to carry you. Because that's what he says in his word. It's written. It's in his word. He promises that he will carry you. Because he knows there will be seasons where we want to give up in life. And he says when you feel like giving up, that's where you call on him and he'll step in and do the walking with you carrying you to do your life together with him. And he says he will rescue you. Why? Because he knows that you will mess up in your life. On your own, you will mess up. You'll make wrong decisions. You'll go to wrong places. You'll, you'll yell at people when they hit the calves. You know? When they overtake you in a, in a solid line. But he says while that happens, he will rescue you. Amen. He won't let you, he won't leave you or forsake you. He will rescue you. Why? Because he's a loving father. Amen. He's a loving, he will do it. It's his role, not your role. Amen. He will do that. He'll take care of us in trouble. He'll make sure that we are able to live a good life. Amen. And the third thing you must know is that you have a that you have the ability to live a good life right now in you. It's in you. It's not from anywhere else. It's within you. You see, if there's one thing you must know about me, that you will never hear enough of this verse from me. You will always hear it. Hebrews 11, verse 1. You will never hear enough of it. Because it says, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see and the convictions of their reality. 
faith perceiving as real the fact that it is not revealed to the senses. So already, you have faith in you to do what? To live a good life. To live the life that God has already predestined and prearranged for you. Without faith, you would not be able to step into that life. You will continue to push back what the promises of God are. And what, what happens? You then start saying God is not responding to you. God doesn't care. God has actually uh, shown his back towards you. And you feel neglected. Why? Because you fail a simple thing. Understanding that faith enables you to step into the promise that God has already put out for you. And you walk by it. The second one you will never hear enough of is Romans 10, 17. Because it says faith comes by hearing. You like reciting it, isn't it? Yes. But here's the thing. Faith comes by hearing. What is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ. So, if, if you don't read the word or hear the word, that's why I said we became so sophisticated that we don't even preach the word or preach what Jesus said. Because we want to preach what the minds of people want to hear. We want to preach what pleases people because we want to keep the numbers in the church. But the moment you start preaching Jesus, people look at you funny. But the word says, your faith will not come unless you hear Jesus being preached. The words that came from his lips. Your faith will not come unless somebody teaches you. Somebody preaches to you. So that's why we have believers that do not have faith because no one is preaching to them. They are being hyped up. They are being motivated. They are being counseled. But no word goes out. And because of that, you have believers that do not have faith. That cannot step into the good life that God has called them to do, to live. Amen? So your good life now needs you to walk by faith, to believe the things that he has promised in the word that they can actually manifest in your life. They can actually become real in your life. That the, the promises that he has. You see, the thing with the word, we have, we have the, the, the Logos word and the Rhema word. The Logos word is the knowledge that you get when you just read the word and it just goes in and you look at it and you read it like a novel. You're just doing knowledge. Right? But the rhema word is when the word goes out and you read it and now that word becomes alive in you. And that, life, that word that becomes alive in you triggers your spirit to act. And when you begin to act in faith, when you begin to bring that, that word alive, you are now living at the rhema level. Why? Because the word is not just knowledge. It's part of your life. It's breath to you. It carries you. Then the Lord is able to carry you as he promises that he will carry you. Amen? So we need to get there. Move away from just being hearers and becoming doers. And the last thing, which is the fourth thing, is the basic thing. Just believe the truth of the word. Believe the promises by faith. Once you believe the promises by faith, all things to you go according to how God has predestined them. Amen? Why do I say that? That's what Isaiah 43 verse 1 says. <clears throat> it says, but now, this is what the Lord said. 
He who created you, he who formed you, says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. The Lord knows you by name. If he knows you by name and he called you his, why are you struggling to accept that you are his? He knows you by name. The one who formed you has called you by name. So you can't live your, your life outside what he has called you to do. Amen? So we need to, to make sure that we understand that we belong to the Father. And we belong to Christ. Because he died for us. And God called us, calls us by name. So he knows my name. He knows your name. The question is, what are you struggling with? Why are you struggling to accept? And that's where faith comes in. Because he's already giving us a grace to come to him. To belong to him. This is grace. He has called us. That's grace. Him showing himself as a good, loving father. Because we belong to him. So if we are in him and he has called us, what happens when we face situations? We do what he would do. When we face a mountain, we speak to a mountain. That's what he said in Mark, isn't it? We read it last week when we were doing um, 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 communion. He says, speak to your situation. Speak to the mountain. Tell it to go. It will go. Believing, it will go. You see? So he's already called us to himself. Therefore, if we, he's called us to himself, we function more like him. Because we are made in the image and the likeness. So he's already done all these things. And Hebrews 10, 23 to 24 says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. God is faithful to his word. And let us consider and give attentive, continuous care to watching over one another. That's what I'm doing. That's what we are doing. We are watching over one another. Why? Because we have to remind one another that he wants us to live a good life. He wants us, he wants us to know that he cares for us. We are reminding each other of this thing. Right? Studying how we may stir up and stimulate and incite to love and helpful deeds and noble activities. That's why we encourage you to give. We encourage you to read the word. We encourage you to pray. We encourage you to have a relationship with the Lord. Why? Because we want you to know that he who has said it to you is faithful. He is faithful. So your hope for living a good life is a sure promise. Because the one who said it He's reliable to bring forth his word. And we have to continuously care for one another. Stirring ourselves up to do what really is good. Now in closing. 1 Kings 8.56 says in the Amplified. 
And this was a prayer that Solomon prayed. He says, Bless the Lord, blessed be the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of his good promise, which he promised through Moses, his servant. Not one word has failed. Now, I've done a remix. Remix or expanded version, post translation. Just that part where he says, where he says, which he promised through Moses. I say, which he promised through Jesus Christ, his son. Through Jesus Christ, his son. Every promise that is in the word has been fulfilled. Every promise belongs to you. Because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross, the punishment he suffered, the pain he suffered, the sacrifice he made, not one of his word will ever fail. Believe it, take it, run with it. Amen? Because that is the God that we serve. That is the faithful Father that we serve. Now, most importantly, you have the Holy Spirit today living in the inside of you. You are better than the children of Israel because they had the priests who would stand before God on their behalf. They are referencing to Moses, but now you have a better promise because the Holy Spirit lives in you. What he has promised is faithful to deliver. All you have to do by faith is to step into that position. Step into the destiny that has been put for you. Take it and run with it to live your good life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Now you may be wondering, Pastor Mpah, I'm hearing you. You're talking about God wanting me to live a good life and God pre having predestined this good life. And you may be sitting there thinking, but I'm not sure if I have the good life. I'm not sure if I have, if, if God has really destined me. Or you might be sitting there or watching online and you're wondering, how do I get access to this good life? How do I step into this good life that you're talking about? How do I step into these promises that you're talking about? Or some of you, you might be thinking, well, I used to be a believer. I used to trust God. I used to have faith in God, but I've given up. He never answered my prayers. He never, he never responded to my seeds. He never did what I asked him to do. I prayed for someone and he, they, they passed on. My friend, I just want to tell you right now, He's still the same God. He's still the faithful Father. He's still a loving Father. If you've never received Him in your life, or you've backtracked and you, felt, you feel like, you know, you've given up on Him, I just want you to join me in this prayer. It's very easy. Because remember what, the, what Isaiah said. He said, I'm ready to set, to set things right. That's what God said through Isaiah. I'm ready to set things right, right now. 
In Ephesians, he says, I want you to live a good life so that we may live a good life that he has prearranged and made ready for us. In Habakkuk, he says, if it seems slow in coming, wait. So my friend, if you've ever given up or you think God has never answered you or you want to have a perfect relationship with, you, with him, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. And together we can say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for the price you paid for me. Thank you that you have prearranged my life. You have made my life ready for me. Right now, I step into that life by accepting you as my Lord and my Savior. Be my anchor, Lord. Direct me, guide me, carry me through the destiny that I need to be. Thank you, Father, that right now I can call you Father. Jesus, I thank you for being a loving Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Were you blessed? Hallelujah. I hope that, um, you know, this word has encouraged you and motivated you. And if you prayed this prayer for the first time or, re uh, or, or um, repositioned yourself with the Lord, um, for those that are watching online, please just let us know. Get in touch with us and let us know. There's a booklet that we can share with you. Um, for those that are in the service, the ushers can hand over the booklet to you or you can receive it from, your, from the info desk. Now we're stepping into another way of worshiping the Lord and through communion. And Pastor Norman, please, let's receive communion. Thank you very much. Amen. Thank you. My brother from another mother. Thank you so much. Wasn't that special? going to wait for the ushers to hand out the communion elements. You know, Scripture says that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. And um, years ago, I've got this confession for, for partaking of Holy Communion and receiving Holy Communion. And it's one of the most powerful, powerful confessions. And this is something that I pray on a regular basis over your life, our church's life. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, <clears throat> over my family's life. I'm not crying. I promise. It's just something in my brain. <coughs> so I want you, if you've received your communion elements, just to hold on to it. And while we're waiting... If there's any area of ailment in your body, in your physical body, no matter how big or how small it might be, just mention that to the Lord. And I need to say this as well. This is not the table of Unveiled Church, the Rhema family of churches. This is the table of the Lord. We're partaking and receiving from Him. Amen. And there's something supernatural that happens when you partake of communion heaven opens up so right now as we're going to receive this 
know that you are sitting under an open heaven. Whatever you need from God, you can ask Him. It is there. Because Jesus is being placed at the center. We're calling Him to remembrance. That's a tremendous thought, isn't it, family? Amen. So we're going to take the bread, and I want you to say after me, say, thank you, Lord, for your broken body. You said, healing is the children's bread. I hold in my hand the children's bread. Healing is mine. Healing for me has been bought and purchased by your broken body. As I partake of your body now, I thank you. Your body has given me life. And I receive that life now. I receive that health now. And I receive your healing for all the areas that I've told you about. Receive them now by your stripes. Your hands were nailed so that whatever my hands touch will be blessed. Your feet were nailed to the cross so that I can have freedom in my walk with you. By your stripes, I'm perfectly healed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake of the bread. As we partake of the cup, let's confess. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Your life is in your blood. As I drink this cup, I drink in your life. Your disease-free life. Your weakness-free life. The blessed life. The life of God Himself. And I fully expect your life to drive out every death, every disease out of my body. Through your blood, I'm redeemed. My family is redeemed. We are redeemed from every curse of sickness and disease. From every curse of poverty and lack. From every curse of short life. And through your blood, I receive the blessing of Father Abraham. The blessings of coming in and going out the city and in the field. I'm blessed in my body. I'm blessed in my goods. Blessed in all that I touch. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above not beneath. I receive through the blood the power to get wealth. I receive the anointing for success in every area of my life. Lord Jesus, this cup is the new covenant in your blood shed for the forgiveness of all my sins. And Father, all my sins, 
you remember no more. Let's partake. I want you to turn your palms towards heaven just for a moment. I believe that the Holy Spirit is in this place. somebody here watching you've been diagnosed with bipolar so the doctor said to you that you are clinically depressed I believe that that oppression is leaving you right now in Jesus name that balance is coming back into your thought life into all your hormones Balance is coming. Balance is coming. And you will experience supernatural calm in the next coming weeks. And just one day you'll be like, what has happened? Why am I at peace? That's the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I see joints that are painful. That pain is leaving your body right now. In Jesus name back pain gone in Jesus name somebody suffering from IBS and you've experienced a lot of discomfort healing and wholeness is coming right now in Jesus name receive that receive that thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Receive, receive. There's a gentle rain of God's presence in this place. Receive it. Receive it. Whatever you need from heaven right now, receive it. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Receive, receive. Wholeness, wholeness is yours. Thank you, Lord. Anxiety leaves right now in Jesus' name. That constant anxiety for tomorrow. I pray peace, the peace of God over your mind and over your heart right now knowing that God is already in your tomorrow He is there thank you Lord Amen, Amen can you guys experience that peace? 
It is yours. Amen. Take it home with you. Don't leave it here. Take it home with you. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor and Paul. We're almost done with this first service. Part of our worship is to give. Amen. And I'm going to ask the most beautiful woman in the world, the love of my life, the one who's captured my heart and has held it captive all these years to come and take up the offering. Uh, you're a very good captive to have, okay? I, I, I never know how to respond to all that beautiful things he says about me. Yes, we're at the time of the service where we have an opportunity to give. And as is our practice, I'm just going to share a scripture to focus our thoughts so that we do this truly out of a heart of worship and not just a feeling of obligation. In Ecclesiastes 11, it says from verse 1, Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. Give portions to seven, yes, to eight, for you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain upon the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let not your hands be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. This scripture encourages us to remain productive while we are on this earth, because we don't always know how things are going to turn out. So it encourages us to continue sowing, continue planting, continue being productive in our industry, do what our hands find to do, and not stop sowing. So whether we are productive in our careers or whether we are productive in our giving, let's remain faithful because we don't know how God is going to make everything turn out. So let's continue sowing. Let's continue investing in the kingdom of God because after many days, we will see our bread return to us that we have thrown on the water. And let's trust God that he's the one who takes care of us. So let's Let's continue sowing because maybe you sow here and you sow there and both do well. If you only sow here, you only get this harvest. But if you sowed in all the places, you get all the harvest. Let's pray as we're going to give. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us an industry in which we can be productive. And thank you for the income that we receive daily, weekly, monthly. And we honor you for that provision by coming and returning our 10% to you, by coming and sowing offerings into your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that after many days we will see the harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's many ways to give. If you've got cash, you can pop it into one of the buckets that ushers are passing by. We have our banking details available on the screen as well as at the welcome desk. There's a snap code. We've got a, um, even a card machine at the exit if you'd like to use that. And I'm going to hand over back to Pastor Norman to close the service for us. Thank you. Amen. Did you enjoy that ex-casino church? <laughs> Remember, don't forget, if you haven't received our newest newsletter yet, please grab one at the info desk or ask one of the ushers. Um, it's, there's a lot of information in there, stuff that's happening that you don't want to miss. Amen. Let me tell you, 
I'm excited for the rest of this year. Even if there's earthquakes, it's okay. Amen. I'm very excited for what God's going to do. Amen. How many of you felt that this morning? Wake up call. Amen. Jesus is coming. Remember. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Just sit like this. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord makes his face to shine upon each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord, that your favor surrounds us as a shield. And Lord, that as we go into this coming week, Lord, our hearts are at peace because we know that you are on our side. And we can declare that we will live the good life because of what you've accomplished on the cross of Calvary on our behalf. Lord, we do not go into this week living depending upon the arm of the flesh, our own strength, our own wisdom. No, Lord, we go into this week knowing that your grace carries us. And we can declare that we are blessed from a place of rest. Lord Jesus, thank you that you keep us and our loved ones safe. You keep us safe from harm, safe from any accident, disease, natural disasters, Lord. You keep us safe from any virus or mutated virus. You keep us safe. And you open up doors that we need to walk through, close doors that we need to stay out of. But one thing we know, Lord, in this coming week, that your favor will take us to places that we could never go in our own strength. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. Um, bless you guys. When am I seeing you? Wednesday evening. Amen. Please join us for some coffee and tea as you go out. Thank you so much.